Hello, 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 and welcome to uh, this episode of Random Trek, a podcast where three idiots watch an episode of Star Trek and then talk about it as if anybody wanted to listen to that. My name's David, and get me some tribbles, stat. Uh, my name's Sam, and you're very funny and attractive for a human. <laughs> uh, my name's Joe, and this week, listeners, we're spoiling you, an episode without time travel. But it is Star Trek and the animated series, so we'll see you all next week. Us and Star Trek need to get a room. Absolutely. You can turn your podcast off now. <laughs> yeah. This week, uh, this week, uh, this time, as this is not a regular podcast, uh, we watched a an episode of Star Trek The Animated Series, which is one of the worst things I've ever watched. <laughs> it's definitely um, up there. Genuinely, we were discussing this before, and I think, I think Star Trek The Animated Series is the worst cartoon I've ever seen. Um, but... Before we go into that, <laughs> the episode we watched was More Tri- more Tribbles, More Troubles. No, it wasn't. Uh, which is the fifth episode of the first Hold season. on. It wasn't on. More Tribbles, More Troubles. What? It was Mud's Passion. Did I watch the wrong episode of Star Trek? I watched the wrong episode of Star Trek. <laughs> How did I think it was the Tribbles episode? <laughs> and we're back. Uh, Dave has now watched the episode, knows what um, episode we watched, and is aware of the things that happen. Your Honor, I have a a pre-prepared statement. Um, I am the stupidest man in the world, um, and I apologise for that. Um, In my defence, this episode is exactly the same as the episode (laughs) I watched by mistake, in that the Enterprise gets a guy they've met before who was a criminal, and he's... They 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 get him and a bunch of stuff is stolen and somebody's chasing them. Hmm, that's the exact same plot. It sounds like any episode. And it's a mustachioed fat man as well. Yeah, um, I'd like to just make a note here that uh, you and Ross always give me shit for watching ten minute ten minutes of the wrong movie once. Um, so I'd just <laughs> like to just make sure that that at least you refrain from making um, any kind of joke about that again, David Newell. I will. I will agree to that for the next. Hour. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So in uh, in this episode called Mud's Passion, Dave, um, episode the, 10 the Enterprise the brings on the con artist say. Harry Mudd, who is uh, featured in the, 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 the first original series, um, who spreads a fast-acting love potion in the ship. Um, and we see, you know, hilarity ensues as all of the crew fall in love with each other. And um, Harry Mudd kind of tries to swindle his way out of it. It's a I I haven't seen the Harry Mod, Harry Mod episode of the original series in like a long time. I have watched it, but you know, more than a decade there's ago. There's two of them probably. Weird. Um, there's, there's, there's there's two of them. So this is Harry like Mudd. my first modern um, introduction to Harry Mod and what a what a strange character. What a strange character he is! Like really, really odd. So, so, um, so, just to give you some context, the last the, the last time he is seen in the actual original series itself, um, he's basically left on a planet uh, defended by like um, this army of robots that he initially had control of himself. Uh, basically, he used uh, like really attractive female robots to pretty much pleasure himself, I would imagine. Uh, and yeah, he's in the end they basically leave him on this planet defended by these robots. Uh, and that's the last time they see him um, in the original series. Uh, 
So this is the first time he comes back since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and he's 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 quite a he's quite a creepy guy, isn't he? We see him here um, yes. selling these these what he calls uh, love crystals or, or something. I mean, again, the animation is so poor; <laughs> it's really really hard to tell what the hell they are. It's like they dreadful. are just. The triangles, you know, on on the in the in the people's hands, it just looks so shit. Um, it, it's not overly clear either, because like he basically suggests that you have to crack them open and then let the there's some sort of liquid inside them that you have to rub on the person you want to fall in love with or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. That seems overly complex, and I, fluids are always a bit dodgy when involved in <laughs> love things. It's a bit jizzy, really. Yeah, it's a yeah. bit jizzy. Um, so and then from here we we very convoluted like they the, the the crew of the Enterprise arrest him um, for you know it's not clear what crime he's actually committed other than you know, being a bit of a swindler but you know he is on a uh, did they not say fraud I think they say space yeah but fraud he's on a planet like that space, space fraud, fraud. He, <laughs> space he's fraud on, he's on a planet where he he says like this is this planet is has no Federation has no jurisdiction here. And yet they just barrage in, um, violate several <laughs> international treaties, and arrest this innocent it's civilian. Classic Star Trek, Sam. It's you know that um, Captain Kirk is going to do what Captain Kirk wants to do, and it's I guess it's the moral the moral tale in the original Harry Mudd episodes is kind of like a oh this guy is a scumbag who is you know abusing these androids really, isn't it? And and the, the kind of the lesson, the lesson of the episode is. You know that uh, liars and cheats and scumbags don't prosper, so that the crew has to punish him by leaving him on the planet. And this kind of this episode is a continuation of that. Oh, look at this scumbag who is being all scumbaggy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it doesn't really. I know it's 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 maybe not the best introduction to this character. Like if it's obviously referencing the original series um, episode, which I don't know is that a good one, Joe? You're the most recent watcher of this. I mean, to be honest, the, the mud episodes of um, Star Trek original series are kind of, I wouldn't say a highlight, but they're kind of interesting because they are completely different. Um, so there's two episodes that he appears in, um, and the one with the women is, uh, with with like the robot women, basically, is the second of the two. Um, and then the, the first one, the first time that you meet him, um, it's like they, they, he's basically on a ship uh, and they have to rescue him and he's kind of they bring him on board and he basically tries to take hold of the um, Enterprise I think um, and yeah that's like the first time you meet him and he ends up getting arrested and yeah it's all very very strange um, it's, it's a pretty interesting character um, but it, it's just one of these where it's almost like a break from some of the main stories because it's completely different to any of the others Star Trek you know, there's no kind of exploration involved. It is all just centred on Harry Mudd being this kind of like, he's almost like a lovable rogue type. You can't help but kind of almost enjoy having him on the ship. You know, he makes his life interesting and you do kind of feel sorry for him mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Here we get a, um, uh, in the series, played by Roger C. Carmel, and he, he comes back for this episode um, of the animated series, uncredited, weirdly. Because he's that is weird. Because um, the animated series is one of the actual good aspects of the animated series is that they do get quite a lot of the guest stars back to provide voices from the original mm-hmm. series. So it's like a good, it's a nice continuation of it. Yeah, in that way. One thing I noticed, and um, I noticed obviously 
animated series has most of the original cast, which is quite unusual for an animated show now. Like now, you'd have one of the litany of famous voice act- voice actors um, doing an impression, and certainly in the nineties and and like eighties and stuff, you really did. You didn't have the big stars from the shows going and doing the voice work because it was beneath them, you know, or, or because they're mm-hmm. busy, whatever else. In this, though, you've got the full cast and you've got Harry Mudd there. And I, and I think what it shows from the performance of um, Roger Carmel is, like, the difference. Because all the, the main cast are talking like they are robots and they are, you know, they don't have no expression in their voice at all because they're they're... They're screen actors. They're actors who are, you know, like supposed to be seen, and their but their body language does all mm-hmm. the work. Whereas in in this, it just it really struggles, and I imagine it's a, a, a problem that doesn't get any better in the two seasons or so of the animated series. Roger Carmel himself was actually a voice actor, um, and he did I think some of the stuff in the eighties Transformers, um, and he was the voice of Smokey Bear. Um, uh, all these. <laughs> All these other things, so I think you really you can really see that in his performance in this. It's so much more exaggerated in a good way. Like you, you, you understand the character a lot more. I think, and well, I think you already hit the nail on the head there, Sam. It's it's a performance, and I think that you know, and obviously you know, Kirk and Spock are and Bones are the sort of like the trio of characters who get the most, and it's Kirk especially. William Shatner is just dumping these lines out. Yeah. Like the, the the inflections are all wrong. Honestly, like y- you could tell me that they'd assembled his voice dialogue using using sound from the original series episodes, and I would believe you mm-hmm. because it's that bad. It's it's so so bad. Quite sad on Carmel. Actually, he died at fifty four, and it's a kind of apparent suicide or at least overdose. Dude, was mm-hmm. he only 54? 54, yeah. yeah, he wasn't old. He died, I yeah. could have sworn this man was 60 years old in the original <laughs> In the original series, series yeah. <laughs> he does, he Damn does look 60s. It. People he lived look hard. It. He was 54 in 1986. Um, so with, with well, He's a young man when he was in Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's a real, it's quite a, quite a shame. Um, but he, th- this is probably in the bleak hellscape that is this episode, uh, this you know episode of television... This is probably the only bit I like. I like Harry Mudd, and I kind of I'm like, this guy's fun. Like, I I don't I want to hang out with this guy. I don't want to hang out with these stuff shit Starfleet folks who you know aren't having any fun until they end up um, becoming more interesting. But by by uh, I think Nurse Chapel gets somehow convinced to. Um, yeah, Harry Mudd convinces her to basically like use the love potion on Spock. Spock. And there is there is kind of like a running thing in um, the original mm, series that like that. Nurse Chapel's possibly interested in Spock, so it is kind of like a running theme. But just interestingly on Harry Mudd as well, he does come um, come back as a character in Star Trek Discovery. He's actually played by Rain Wilson um, of Dwight Schrute oh, fame yeah. from The Office. Interesting. Um, I haven't watched any more Discovery. Still not convincing me to watch Discovery, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> That wasn't a plug for Discovery. I mean, I've never seen it. But, Discovery. Uh, we, we'll save it for our Discovery episode because um, I certainly have like thoughts and not a lot of good ones about that series. Mm, that'd be good. <laughs> Fair enough. And um, so, and and then and then in the most so basically, I mean, there's there's very little going on up until this point. Nurse Chapel tries to seduce Spock with these crystals, doesn't work. Yep. And she goes back to Harriman and says. That was that didn't work, and he manages to break free somehow. 
um, and is kind of running around the ship, manages to get away. Uh, in the process, they managed to break some of the love crystals, which get into the air ducts well, as well. Well, this the, is the yeah. I was going to mention this because it's like incredibly convoluted how they managed to get the entire crew <laughs> um, falling in love. Like, and yeah. and it, it it does it does um, tonally. It's not very Star Trek, but it kind of it kind of really really makes me laugh. All of the different they they also they also go like really crazy on like the the, the crew because instead of it being like Sulu who's like on the um, you, you know, in, uh, on the bridge, um, it's this weird, like, cat woman creature. Um, this cat woman creature. Yeah, who? I mean, in this episode, she doesn't. But in other episodes, episode of this series, she's in every she's... episode, and in some of them, she has this really weird purr thing going she on. She goes like, "Oh, Captain, we're approaching our planet." <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's extremely strange. Um, it is a it is a character from He Man who's just like put on a Starfleet yeah, uniform yeah. and yeah. is in this series. Genuinely, is is Michelle Nichols um, in the animated series at all? She is in some of the episodes. I'm sure I she is. Don't think so. As I recall, like it's definitely Bones and Spock and Kirk well, Joe just and said Scotty is in a lot of them. Joe just said she I was. thought she was in some of them. But I could be completely wrong. I um, don't think she is. I think there was a bit of contention. I don't think Chekhov is in the, the animated series either. And I don't I think, think there was Chekhov some contention is, about um, why they weren't why the the sort of the, the the other bridge crew actors they just weren't asked to be in the series. You know, it's not that they didn't want to do it. It's like they weren't approached to be in it. Yeah. Um, but this isn't an argument to get bogged no, down but in anyways, on, on air, we've got so this cat woman um, who I can't actually find the name we've got Arak as well which is like some kind of lizard creature who's actually yeah, like on the brown lizard yeah and um, and and these these seem immune to the uh, love potion but anyway so we've got Harry Harry uh, Mud manages to get away he flees this planet and then we get into like actually what is pretty entertaining but only because it's kind of shit is um, Spock becoming completely obsessed by Nurse Chapel and says that he loves her, <laughs> and he and and Harry Mudd kidnaps uh, Chapel, and so we get this thing where Spock ne- is trying to rescue her, but because he's madly in love, madly in love with this woman, um, and we know Vulcans when they're you know horny, they are <laughs> Ponfar. Yeah, this is Michelle um, Nichols is in twenty-two episodes. It says. Oh, there you go. So it's weird that she's oh, not in this well, one. Well, I apologise. She's weird. It's weird that she's not in this one. Um, but yeah. So from here, then it's it's really trying to understand what on earth is going on with with uh, these the, the, this crew who are all just completely madly in love with each other. And I think it is it's pure. It is actually really, really funny. It, it, like it's 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 Star Trek at its most silly, and I know the the um, the the original series is very much like that. It's a lot sillier than some of the other, the other stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. So, so what what's should we should we maybe just stop a minute before we get to the kind of the crux of this episode <laughs> and just maybe talk about the animated series in general because I haven't watched any of this. This is the first time I've ever watched it. Um, me, me, well, and, me I and have Dave a, have, I have a, a yeah. pre- pre-prepared uh, thought on this uh, so Joe and I watched this this year uh, because I, mean, we, I think we've mentioned in earlier episodes that Joe's like relatively new to Star Trek 
Um, and like, you know, the born masochist who would watch three or perhaps four seasons of Heroes that he is, um, Joe, in, Joe decided to watch all of the star, all of Star Trek sequentially from the original series as a starting point, which was mad. Um, which DS9, meant he, baby. Oh, finally into the good stuff. Um, and uh, so we, so Joe watched the original series and then I kind of watched the animated series at the same time as Joe and then the, a lot of the original series films as well. Because um, I was, well, was in the Sam camp where I'd kind of like, I'm semi-familiar with the animated series, but I never sat down and watched it. All you know, all 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 in a row, so to speak. Um, and big big tip to anybody that is still listening: uh, don't. <laughs> don't watch um, to this. Don't watch the animated series. The fans are not good. Online, when before we watched it, reading about it, like the animated series seems to be like reasonably well regarded by fans of the original series. Somehow, because <laughs> it's not good animation. We'll get into that in a minute. It's not well written. It's not even good Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you know, do you know, do you know it I'm won baffled an Emmy? by. Go on. Do you know it won an Emmy? It won an Emmy. It won an Emmy. What for? Yeah. Being cancelled. I don't know. It won an Emmy. <laughs> and I think, I think, I think we maybe need to view it in the context of like, there's not any other Star Trek left. You know, they cancelled it after four series, four seasons. Three series. Um, we we end, you know, we end up in a world where Star Trek has got a pretty big following. It's not, I, I might be wrong, but I don't think it's necessarily evolved into the convention cult. You know, kind of show that it will become. Um, so I think maybe maybe this is this is the only Star Trek that people had. It has the full crew, or has you know most of the crew, which is which as we discussed is very rare. Um, and and so maybe maybe it's 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 kind of like trying to it's 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 just trying to kind of provide some kind of Star Trek and maybe that's okay maybe that's enough. Um, yeah, and we've talked um, we've talked in the past as well about how it would have been nice to have gotten a TNG and you know the Next Generation animated series. Um, yeah, you know maybe they would have learned from the mistakes of this. But I get what you mean, Sam. It's like you know, when you're so far removed, and this wasn't that far removed from the original series, but when you're removed from the original run, like animation gives you a lot more freedom to do, you know, number one, things that you couldn't afford to do with makeup and live action, and number two, like it doesn't really matter what your cast looks like anymore because it's just vo- they're just voicing it. Yeah. So it gives you a lot more freedom. It's a lot cheaper, and you can do maybe something a bit more out there in terms of like plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, which the animated series fails at across the yes, board. By does. the way, um, I think um, I think I think I remember saying like when we watched this, Dave. Like the biggest issue I have with the series was that it doesn't seem to be really aimed at anybody. It's it's <laughs> definitely not a kids um, cartoon. Like watching it, it's really not a kids cartoon. But at the same time, like as an adult, I'm watching it and thinking, like, I, I don't want to watch this. So, so yeah, who exactly is the target audience? To um, expand that further, Joe, you're right. It's not for kids. Um, it's not there to sell anything. It's not like, oh, watch the animated series, but we're going to come out with a film. Or it's not trying to like drum up more fans. It's not. No. It's not. It's not fan service. Um, and it's not. For adults, really, it's not clever enough, and it's not deep enough, and it's not well made enough. No. So it it kind of very much feels like, 
and I think you know I think this is borne out in some of the production as well. It feels very much like they had a lot of leftover scripts when they finished Star Trek, and they needed you know and Star Trek was popular enough that they got somewhere to put them. Yeah. Um, pretty much, well, I think m- most of the scripts for the animated series are like adapted or cut down versions of like yeah. other you know uh, scripts that were originally written for the live action series because they did have plans to do another at least another se- season of you know they didn't want to stop doing the original series they were they, they want they had other plans to do more episodes so i think you're dead right i think the, these were probably episodes that they planned to do as original series episodes um only to then be told that they weren't getting renewed and they were like oh well you know we don't want to stop doing star trek it was obviously a big cash cow and you know, I think Shatner and the like. Well, it's a business really... conversation at that point, isn't it? And they go yeah. to the network and they say, "Listen, all right, you're not going to give us the money to make the series, but you know, here's an amended pitch. Um, we've already got the scripts. Um, we can make it for six dollars for the whole series, um, which I, I genuinely believe might actually have been six dollars and a cheeseburger a week for Shatner." Um, well, to be honest, I'm pretty sure Shatner was one of the driving forces behind it because I don't think he wanted to stop being Kirk. Um... And I don't think he ever has, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I think he still sees himself as Every Captain role. Kirk. Every role, Danny pretty... Crane is basically Captain Kirk as a lawyer. <laughs> he really yeah. is. Well, William Shatner has tried and failed us a great many things. I've um, got the mad cow. He wrote a series of sci-fi novels, which this is completely off track, and I've never read any of them, but um, I don't think they were... Singing uh, career? What about his singing career? <laughs> All I'm thinking of is that Brannigan... Um, Brannigan's Law. Brannigan's Law, um, speaking version of uh, oh, what's he singing? Uh, anyway, Rocket Man. Um, I'm a Rocket Man. <laughs> there we go. Rocket um, so yeah, I think that's probably like Joe. You're right. That's, that's very much where the series comes from. Is like, you know, this was something the network would accept because it costs so little to make. And and I think it was. Um, um, you know, I think it had seventy five thousand dollars per episode, and then they they brought forward twenty two thousand twenty two episodes, twenty two thousand episodes of this. Imagine, um, it's not it's not anime. <laughs> me in the head. What's it? <laughs> yeah, I would not have. Even I wouldn't have gone no, through all that. No, even Joe. Even Joe. Um, but what, Ethan, what is interesting though I think in terms of Joe you're saying about it's not really for anyone I think that's quite um, that's quite kind of uh, uh, right and I think it's it's definitely I think initially there was supposed to be a, a kind of Saturday morning cartoon feel to this very children oriented that was you know focused on uh, would have mm-hmm. your kind of moral lessons at the end of the episode and all that stuff and I think they th- that was watered down or, or changed to trying to appeal to all ages and that's where I think this this struggles and this episode especially can you imagine watching this on a Saturday morning do you know what I mean like with your with your bowl of Cheerios watching I mean well it's like like Joe said it's not for kids kids will be horribly bored horribly bored and also the because themes, it's not fun yeah sorry the I think I think personally, I think what they've tried to do is they, they didn't want to sell out to because they knew they weren't doing any more original series. They they wanted to keep the original the original Star Trek fans, but they also probably did want to try and kind of get kids on board. And what they've ended up doing in the end is neither. And they've put it in this like really horrible grey area in the middle somewhere where yeah. it's there's nothing there for adults and it's really not interesting enough for kids. So. What is yeah. it? Um, yeah. I also think it's a case of um, maybe that, like the strengths of the original series, um, you know, being that 
I think, the, in my opinion, I think the cast of, of Star, the original series, they're yeah. all quite good physical actors. And I don't mean like they're doing pratfalls all the time and stuff, but what I mean is like, you know, a big part of acting is obviously body language and expressions. And yeah. I think that in the original, in the in the in the live action stuff, that's a real real selling point of it is that you've yeah. got these like dynamic people doing things on the TV. Um, you've also got like a great production staff putting together mm-hmm. pretty decent sets. Even watching, you know, like the remastered versions in twenty twenty, like it, most of the original series still looks okay. And I think mm-hmm. you take that and you put it in an animated series where you lose all of an actor's ability to like you know emote and to use body language to convey things and to you know and Shatner's hammy overacting is definitely something we can discuss but I think in the series you need to see it it's you it's something it. it adds to the series whereas you know their limitations as as voice actors because they aren't voice actors are really apparent in this animation added to which um, it's some of the worst animation I've ever seen. Which, yeah, and, I was going to say, this this feeds nicely into the animation, yeah, which is absolutely you also shocking. Lose all of that lovely, like, well well put together and like professional set design and stuff. Because mm-hmm. again, I um I, someone um, someone look it up while I'm um, <coughs> soapboxing. Uh, but the production company that made this, uh, you know, I don't even think this is like you know. It's probably one of the worst things even they made. It's just it's so lazy, uh, it's it's so unimaginative, it's so static. Yeah, it's... and they reuse so many of the the kind of clips as well. It's like it's so many rehashed. Well, they actually um... they actually I'm just reading here. It's Formation and uh, Norway Productions are the are the is the production company behind this. Um, Formation obviously quite kind of famous for being. Um, uh, you know, uh, a, a very a very famous um, production company. As I try stall to get my words out, but the <laughs> but the the you think reading from a paid you paid you you manage, but well, well, yeah, well, you think so. But what's interesting is they actually rotoscoped <laughs> a lot of the um, uh, the ship. So the the and the first thing that struck me is as you see this ship going across the screen, it's like my god, that looks terrible. There's just so much that just looks really, really poor. There's also things that they did around, like putting their hands over um, characters, putting their hands over their mouths, so that when they spoke, you didn't have to animate lip movement. One, I, one I noticed in this episode, and we'll get back to it's this. It's like episode. a book of rules that says, like, these are the things not to do if you want your animation to be okay. And yeah. they did all of those but things. It's, but they, but they want to go. They want to go cheap. One, one thing I noticed in this episode is there's this. This is wonderful like almost like family guy-esque cutaway gag where where um uh, kirk says uh enterprise transport transport them out of here and then we just get this and it doesn't have the whoosh of the camera moving as it does in some cutaway or like malcolm the middle style but we get this shot of the bridge the two um uh, uh transport yeah juice. thanks just dancing to this dun, 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 and then it just dancing. stops and it cuts back. And it's just. But you, you were saying as well, like you don't actually get to see the legs. So, exactly. like, to make it easier, you just see like the, the the transporter station is in front of them. So all you see is like two like midriffs and heads to, to just, save like, floating next to each other. These people doing the waltz or whatever else, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, I, I think there's in the interest of um, what's the word? Giving this a fair a fair shout. I just want to say, obviously, this is 1973. However, 
having watched anime, grown up watching animation from the 50s and 60s, this does not get a pass because of how old it is. No, well, Joe, you no, mentioned... No, it doesn't, because I, I, I shared that clip just afterwards, because I, like, when I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, what was animation like? And I'm like, I looked up Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo, the, the first episode of Scooby-Doo was in 1969, and I shared a bit of a clip. Uh, I've had the song in my head ever since, pretty much. Yeah, it's such a catchy tune. <laughs> um, but, you know, like the first episode of Scooby-Doo, like watching it four years before this aired, it, it, it like it doesn't even compare. Um, yeah, the animation on Scooby Doo is amazing there's, compared to this. The smoothness. Well, the there's... biggest thing to for our listeners, if anyone's still listening, um, if you grew up watching like the Jetsons or the Flintstones, yeah. you grew up watching sixties animation. Yeah, Looney Tunes. So like Looney like Tunes as well, like probably a lot of classic Disney films. You mm-hmm. know, and so I, actually, I think that most people have a really, really good idea of what animation could do in the fucking 1940s, you know? <laughs> and and this is made in 1973. So, like, from that point of view, there's no, oh, well, it's of its age. It's not of its age. It was shit then and it's shit now. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, and I think you could just you could just say that about the whole series, probably. <laughs> it really, I mean, the, the the biggest indictment of the entire series is that we've spent the past like forty minutes slating this episode, and I said to, to to Sam kind of before we started that this is actually probably one of the best episodes of the whole anime series, <laughs> and that's the that's the biggest indictment of this entire sort of series let's, is that this is probably one of the better episodes. Let, let's let's um, finish off with a little bit of a summary on the plot, and then we'll just get to final thoughts. <laughs> I mean, obviously, people know what we think about this, but there's there's one thing there's one thing that just just absolutely floored me with laughter, completely unintentionally, <laughs> completely unintentionally. Mud tells them, uh, um, I think at the start, I can't remember exactly when, but Mud tells them basically that these love crystals, again, he's been selling them. They he said they didn't work. He was selling them as a scam, and actually, it ends up they do work, um, which is you know that's <laughs> kind of confusing because you think you try it out first. Um, he sells these crystals and he says that these crystals are effectively heterosexual so they induce <laughs> they induce feelings of love in the opposite sex but only friendship in those of the same sex because it's 1973 <laughs> and it's illegal to be gay I mean honestly <laughs> honest to god you, 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 you couldn't make up the gay panic could you of like but what if what if what if Kirk and Spock get it on? You know, preempting all of the fan fiction and pornography that would come. So I mean, it's already out there, Sam. Let's be honest. Fan even in the seventies, I think it was you know harder to to distribute, but it was it must be it must have been written. <laughs> it was out there. Yeah. And I just I just <laughs> think that is like it's peak Star Trek. It's peak, um, you know, the, the the time before every the time when everyone was absolutely terrified of anyone thinking that anyone could be gay. And the point in the episode is really funny when Kirk and Spock, they're both infected by these crystals and they're like arms around each other saying, oh, Spock, you old pal, you know, and all this stuff. And I was thinking, like, this is why they had to say that bit because they were like, uh, what if what if everyone thinks Spock and, you know, Kirk are, are going to get it on? But, but that's, the, that's the, I mean, that's the stupid thing though. Kirk and Spock are friends. So surely that what I mean what 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 happens there? Yeah, the friends already. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess so again, like it's thing. 1973. This is a network show. Friends and, like, with there's just no way. There's just no way that you could even <laughs> imply. I even think in like the next generation, there's no way you could 
really like do you know what I mean if if there was an episode about Picard and Riker falling in love <laughs> because they've been infected with something I think you've got the same issue I think it's it's too early for a network to say okay to that yeah Dave you know yeah. tell me more tell me more well, you're an you're an love affair, Sam. Has been written across the stars. Mm-hmm. I, There's I, no I don't know. It, it depends. Side. It depends on if it's ten minute videos of um, Jonathan Frakes telling you you can't do something. <laughs> Sam's all over that. No, no, it's uh, him asking questions, Joe, with no answers. That's what anything. It doesn't matter. There's all Google sorts of videos. On there John, just, just, just put in YouTube Jonathan Frakes. Just click on any link, and you'll just be you'll be amazed if you haven't. <laughs> so let's let's finish up this episode. This is where I think it is just again the animation and. I, I honestly don't really know what was going on. Basically, there's these rock monsters things. <laughs> they look dreadful. They look so shit. <laughs> so they, and they look like shit, actual shit, but they just look terrible. They look absolutely... Like a croissant with legs. It's terrible. And, and, again, most of the animation in this is worse than in this episode. I think this is like, as Joe said, I think the takeaway here, for, for me anyway, is that like this episode... Is one of the better episodes, and um, I've got some like little tidbits of trivia we'll get out of the way at the end. But like, you know, there are so much worse episodes. This this episode is at least an episode of Star Trek, mm-hmm. and you can kind of see how they maybe would have done a plot similar to this on you know on the series, and um, mm-hmm. you know, where a bit you know a bit expanded, maybe a bit more nuanced, but like you can see the seeds of it, and it's strictly a Star Trek episode. Yeah, it's, you know, we yeah. don't get. We don't get the Justice League of, um, you know, space superheroes, which we get in some of the later episodes. Genuinely, um, there's like um, the, the, rat, the biggest, the Rat Superman or something. Yeah. You remember Joe? The biggest, Jenny. the biggest, the biggest crime for me that the the animated series kind of gets gets wrong is that so much of it isn't even just like the bad animation stuff like that. It's just boring. The plots are so dull. And to me, that's like Star Trek is the you know like it should be so easy to kind of make something happen that's interesting you know you're in such an kind of an exciting kind of world with exciting characters this that and the other and somehow they managed to make it dull the animation doesn't help but just even the stories themselves are just yeah. they're, they're just boring well it's a symptom of cutting down a 40 you know a 40 50 minute script to to you know 20 minutes and then also having it be animation and that's and that's yeah. exactly where we get with this exactly where we get with this episode of like not really not really going all in on the concept because they have caveats like you know, you know no homo caveats on this <laughs> totally weird stuff, and then and then it's and then you know in classic Star Trek fashion, um, I think after once they get back to the ship it all wears off, but before that it turns out that actually these love crystals, um, uh like turn basically make you bicker with the person that you're attached to so you know spark and nurse chapel are at yeah, it afterwards yeah. kirk and spark are at it like they're all completely hate each other now um and then and then they just decide that that isn't a useful thing anymore so, i mean seems slightly short-sighted i think if you could convince someone to love you for you know two hours uh, I think that would more than enough time. <laughs> yeah, I think that would fly off the shelves. I think there's some really tricky five minutes. <laughs> Damn, ninety seconds. You know, <laughs> lockdown's been hard. Someone love me. There's some really tricky <laughs> issues around consent. I think you'd have to explore and get legal. Uh, you know, but but I think it 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 is a very um, weird weird episode. So they get they get back to the ship. Oh no! Oh no! The best bit. The best bit. Of course, the the rock creatures. How do they get pacified? Kirk throws the love crystals at them, and and then the two the two rock creatures start to 
get it on because they're now friendly. They, they make a baby rock creature. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. So rock creatures can fuck, but two men can't fuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sort yourself. Well, out it, 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 but the thing was, it was a, it, it was, it was a, a, a man rock creature and a lady rock creature. So it's perfectly I don't think okay. this animation is capable of distinguishing between male and female <laughs> rock creatures. <laughs> One had eyelashes and a curvy physique. That is the. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sort of like blushed slightly, rock you know. Creature. It, I was, I'm always reminded of Futurama, where it's like, uh, what will be next? Horse and ghost. You know, like, <laughs> this is a slippery slope and a horse and ghost will be next. Yeah. So, um, So yeah, so that was an episode of TV. Um, yeah, Joe, do you want to give us your final, just very short thoughts? I mean, is there anything really left to say? This is, it's, it's a bad TV series. Don't watch it. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to echo that with. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the stupidity of this and it kind of makes me want to watch more yeah. just because I'm like, no, don't. How, Please if don't. this is the best one, what's the worst one? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Probably the Star Trek Justice League episode at the end of season two. Probably, yes. Mm. Um, yeah, where, whereby um, a... Is it the lizard in a spacesuit that I think like, so. sends a message to Kirk to come and help them do something? Yes. And there's like a... There's a lizard in a spacesuit and there's like a, a space ninja assassin woman and like a bunch of other things. If this was any other series... Like, you know, you can imagine a He-Man episode where they're trying to sell a bunch of toys, you know, if it was anything else. But instead, like, Kirk and Spock and Bones are, like, you know, they're with the Justice League of Space, like, fighting these evil villains. It's very confusing. And, like, a total... There are some kids' episodes in this series, and there are some, like, oh, this is what animation is supposed to be. I think Spock has a pet bear on his home planet. He does, yeah. It's like a bear... That Tiger follows him round thing. and he talks to it and it helps him solve mysteries. Like, Although it, gets, it dies when he's very young, doesn't it? It uh, saves his life and then dies, I think. Yeah, it's just... Um, it's baffling. And, and, and you know, I guess it's 1973. It's long enough ago that, you know, it's fine. And we've got plenty of Star Trek now, I suppose. The problem that was that present in 73 has been resolved. There's now so much Star Trek <laughs> that in, you know, eight months of lockdown, Joe hasn't managed to watch it all yet. There's so there's so much Star Trek and most of it's crap. Most of it's crap. But Joe's in Deep Space Nine now, so he's in Gravy Country. TNG's good, man. You know, TNG's very good. Um, yes, definitely. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm a DS9 head. I think it's the best one. But that's an argument to be had on a different episode. Yes, can I, can I just say we're never going to do the animated series again, so this should also be considered... <laughs> Our summary of the animated series. So, yeah, so could all in. Let's, let's let's all enjoy this together. These last few moments of us talking about this show before we move and, um, on to I guess greener pastures. My final line is: If I have to see this fucking cat on the bridge purring at Captain Kirk, beam me into space. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to quote Mr. Spock to finish, and this is um, you can say goodbyes now. A few moments of love paid for with several hours of hatred. anyway we will catch you next time we want to watch some Star Trek goodbye see you later bye